0: 1,400 to 1,600 calories a day, high protein, moderate fat, low carbs, absolutely no sugar. I should plan out my meals and make salmon and broccoli for dinner. But I think of salmon and broccoli. I could even have them in my fridge and I don't make it. I go out for fast food or I buy a dozen bakery cookies and eat all of those. Then the salmon goes bad and I throw it out. I'm bigger than I've ever been. And I'm as unhappy as I've ever been, but I'm not eating the way I need to lose. Help, Georgie. Carolyn has a journal online, which she shares with me. So I was literally reading her thoughts on my laptop screen. She was so confused and frustrated by her food choices and why she wasn't able to get herself to cook the darned salmon or take any of the other steps she wanted to. In the last episode, I introduced you to a client named Jackie, who was stuck not taking action because of her old, deeply-seated belief that trying to improve herself or her eating wasn't worth it because it wouldn't make a difference anyway. Carolyn, on the other hand, had total faith that her diet plan would work. She had done it. She had done low-carb, high-protein, 1,400 to 1,600 calories a day, and she had lost a significant amount of weight before. She knew it worked, so it must be a different type of blockade, preventing her from acting. In this episode, we'll learn about what it was, and how to beat it, just in case it's affecting you too. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast, where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary Claire Brescia was organized, smart, and friendly. She talked lovingly about her dog, about how much she loved spending time with her family and friends, and as she shared her history with me, like many of my clients, it was one which included some weight loss success in the past, followed by regain. Carolyn had lost 80 pounds a couple of years ago. It had been right after a brutal heartache. It wasn't that she was too sad to eat, It was more that she was determined to show a guy who chose someone else over her how desirable she really was. She worked with a trainer and stuck to a strict diet. For a time, her emotions and drive to prove herself motivated her to work out hard and stick to her diet to an exacting degree. But it didn't last forever. In the months before she and I started working together, a new job, the stress of the pandemic... And social isolation had all increased the amount of emotional difficulty in Carolyn's life. She found herself back in old habits, where pretty much every meal she started to eat felt like it became a binge. She'd eat something, but then want more. Or want dessert. Or five desserts. And she'd go get them. And then Carolyn would feel awful, disgusted, angry at herself... She'd buy healthier groceries and try to get back to that old diet. But the food would just go bad because she didn't want to cook it. This is a common feature of people who have been burned by dieting. They have an aversion to going back to following the rules. You can think of it as dieting burnout. The key to helping Carolyn get unstuck was to change the definition she was using for what she, quote, should be eating. You see, she was aiming for protein and veggies, like a good dieter would eat, like the old her would eat. I don't blame you for not wanting to eat boring food, I said. I wouldn't want to eat meals that don't have carbs or bread or any dessert. But if you're telling yourself the only option is to binge eat on desserts or snack foods, or eat plain salmon and broccoli, I think most of us would take the snack foods and desserts the goal isn't to be a strict dieter. Let's look for something in the middle. I know Carolyn isn't alone here, because most of the clients who work with Mary Claire and I, either one-on-one or in our group coaching program, come to us still trying to stick to some form of a diet. But they're having a terrible time, because they're burned out on dieting. Even the thought of going back on a diet or cutting back tomorrow, is enough to trigger a binge for many people. What is wrong with me, they wonder? Nothing, we say. You have a standard in mind for how you're supposed to eat, which has gotten really warped. When you stop aiming for a zero-pleasure, clean-eating, bodybuilder diet, the urge to binge (laughs) takes a big step backwards. The scary thing about the diet mentality that pervades our culture today is that extreme diets are celebrated. They're practically a hobby of their own. One of my clients worked at a fitness facility where the culture was, as you'd expect, one that glorified thinness, leanness, and muscularity. The culture at every gym is a little different, but she described this particular place as one where people were constantly talking about food, what they'd eat or not eat, and what foods were good and bad. My client had wanted to protect her own relationship with food, and she had read my book Lean Habits, which gave her a bit of pause when the latest fad diets would circulate through the gym staff and even be promoted to the clients. First it was paleo, then Whole30, then keto, And now, intermittent fasting. And some clients are getting into prolonged fasting and going days without eating. It felt like dieting was a sport, and at this gym, the goal was to be a professional at it. When COVID changed the gym operating procedures and eventually closed the facility, she was astonished to realize how refreshing it was to be away from diet talk all day long. While a lot of people felt locked up and confined during quarantine, Lacey felt an elated sense of freedom. Working there full-time, she said, I thought I was keeping myself separate from it. I'd hear one woman say she was doing a super hardcore program of fasting and a thousand calories a day, and she was something like 5'11 and working out hard. I'd hear a staff member say, keep it up, you look great. And I'd think to myself, that is totally disordered eating. But being in that environment day after day, it must have been affecting me. I realized when I looked in the mirror, I was projecting what my coworkers would say about me behind my back. I wasn't even registering my own opinion about what I saw in the mirror, it was all about how other people would respond to this body. If the slightest amount of loss is always noticed immediately, you know you're being monitored. I asked Lacey how she managed to keep her sanity working in this place for several years. She said, well, part of the time I didn't. I'd hear the latest diet they were promoting, and I'd think, well, I'll give it a try and see how it goes. And the diet or program would either work and I'd be miserable, or it wouldn't work and I'd be frustrated. Sooner or later, I always just came back to a moderate way of eating. This happened for two reasons. One, I have a background in my own recovery from alcohol. The more extreme diet behaviors looked a lot like addiction. People were avoiding their feelings and coping by restricting food. When I didn't want to feel, I used to just round up my friends and go out and drink, And I see people just learn restricting their food intake is another way to reach that same goal. You can't process feelings when you're always thinking about food and when you'll get to open that next Tupperware to eat. The second thing she said, which always sent her back to eating moderately, was that the people with ideal bodies, the ones working out for three hours a day and on super restricted diets, were clearly not happy. If they were stoked on life, carefree and living it up, it would be different, she said. But they didn't have a life outside of the gym. Before my recovery, I got to a point where I only had bar friends. And I look at these people, they only have gym friends. The people at the gym who were happy and full of life, those people had pretty average bodies with the usual level of body fat you'd see on the street. Those are the people I gravitated towards and tried to emulate and bond with. People who loved to move, but still had a life outside of the gym. I was really glad when Lacey said she wouldn't be going back to the gym after it reopened. It also struck me. Lacey had done a whole lot better than many of us at seeing diet culture for what it was, and knowing she did not want a part in it. And when I think of Carolyn... The person we met at the beginning of this episode. Deep down, part of her is disillusioned with the idea of going back on that strict diet. I think her diet burnout is actually a good thing because it's helping her on her way to find a better balance where she's no longer dieting, but also not binge eating. Do you feel some diet burnout? If so, it can be a good thing for you too, When we decide we're done with restricting, macro-counting, and binging, we create room in our lives to discover the new skills we need to be a healthy, normal eater with a full, enjoyable life and a healthy body. So I can hear you asking, what do I do if I'm feeling diet burnout? Well, here's what worked for Carolyn. We talked about what normal eating looks like—eating well, but not dieting. Normal eating without binges looks like eating balanced meals, some of which are more healthy and some of them less healthy, but all of them should at least be somewhat tasty and enjoyable. Normal eating does not come with a calorie limit, a meal plan, or weighing everything out, or banning sugar and carbs we decided for Carolyn that her normal eating plan would include three meals and two snacks a day. Her main meals would have all the food groups. There'd be a protein, a starch, fruit or veggies, and some fat. For snacks, she would just try and choose mostly whole food things. And the plan was to include a dessert every night. And suddenly, it was like an instant metamorphosis. Carolyn overcame months of not acting and, and binging every day, and sprang into action. She was so excited by the idea of being a normal eater that it drew her out of her paralysis. I also want to suggest doing what Lacey did. Notice the conversations around you, whether they're in person or on the internet, which create a landscape praising extreme diets. See them for what they are, They're not necessarily something we want to aspire to and emulate, but potentially something unhealthy. Something that often goes hand-in-hand with binge eating, anxiety, or low self-esteem. Lacey left the gym atmosphere in the literal sense, but you might gain some of the same benefit from unsubscribing to some email newsletters. You might want to leave some Facebook groups, or unfollow people on Instagram. Cultivate a circle of friends with many interests. Some of your friends might be into fitness and activity. Some might not be interested. But the important thing is that you have real supportive human interactions and a friendship to enjoy, not just a shared fixation on dieting. You deserve more than that. Just a few days now until the Breaking Up with Binge Eating coaching program kicks off our next cohort. To take part in this six-month transformative journey with me and Mary Claire by your side, check out nutritionloft.com store. And if you've got any questions, I'd love to help you. My name is Georgie Fear, and you can email me at georgie at nutritionloft.com. See you soon.